1: That's what President Trump called them, and the President did not mince words, neither will I. Animals. And that is a disparaging term for animals. I feel badly for calling those who stood outside of a Los Angeles hospital chanting, we want them to die. We want them to die. That is beyond animalistic behavior. From the shooter, to those who blocked the entrance to an emergency room in order to delay the emergency care and surgery from being given to two police officers, two sheriff's deputies. To those who stood outside chanting for dead cops as they lay on emergency room tables, or or, excuse me, on uh, 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 operating room tables fighting for their lives animals there is just no other way to say it good morning to you thank you for joining us as we get started it's nine minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this monday the 14th morning of the month of september in the year of our lord 2020. we are very very quickly uh crossing the rubicon if you will uh in fact we are there two los angeles county sheriff's deputies shot in that cowardly ambush for doing nothing except existing let me say that again it's just their presence on this earth that is driving black lives matter anarchists rioters and murderers to kill them they can't exist not wearing a badge they can't exist not wearing a uniform blue lives don't matter because blue lives don't exist according to black lives matter are you following this these two police officers a 31 year old female with a six-year-old child and a 24 year old male these two individual officers deputies had just been sworn in 14 months earlier were sitting in their car they weren't using excessive force on a suspect and even if they had been they wouldn't deserve to be murdered in cold blood they w- didn't have their guns drawn on a suspect and even if they did they wouldn't be des- wouldn't deserve to be murdered in cold blood they were sitting in their car on patrol minding their business when they were, well, attempted and execution was attempted. As of this morning, they're still in very serious condition, but they very well may survive this attempted execution. Much to the dismay of those animals standing outside their hospital, screaming and chanting, We want them to die. We hope they die. Video taken by one animal of the entire event is too graphic for me to air on the radio because of about 75 N-words in about a minute and a half of, of tape of this animal bragging and laughing as the situation played out in real time about how them cops got aired out. Them ends got aired out. In other words, filled with holes. I cannot possibly describe for you how extraordinary this is. We are in a very desperate situation already when police officers who are trying to do their jobs in effecting arrests, in trying to keep the peace in the middle of riots, when they're assaulted, when they're attacked in the middle of something like that, it is already a beyond desperate situation. And that's why so many of them are, are, are retiring early. They're fleeing this life because they cannot possibly feel confident when they leave the house every morning that they're coming home to their families. That's when they're being assaulted and attacked and shot in riots. Now, they're just targets, no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing. If they stop for coffee, if they sit in their car on patrol, anywhere they're in public, they have to have their head on a swivel, looking left, looking right, constantly looking at their back to see who's coming up to take their lives. We are in, we are beyond dangerous territory. Like I said, I really feel like we have crossed the Rubicon. Here's Dan Bongino. You have police officers who've been taken from us, hopefully like this one, let's pray to God she pulls through. But you have these empty seats again, around Thanksgiving tables, around Christmas trees, where moms and dads who were killed in the line of duty simply for wearing a uniform and putting on the badge are not gonna be there. And then what happens, Will, you have a bunch of savages and and that's what they are. Can we just put aside all the nuance for a moment and just be honest? You have savages. They're not animals because I have a dog now and my dog knows right and wrong. So you have savages that show up at the hospital while the mother of a six year old is fighting for her life for the very act of showing up and protecting your community uh, is shot and nearly killed. And they're screaming uh, uh, that we want her
0: dead or whatever kind of savagery. Mm -hmm.
1: I should probably follow Dan Bongino's advice and call them savages rather than animals because he's right. And I kind of did apologize to animals as I said that because animals know better. Animals do know the difference between right and wrong. You can teach them and you can train them. These savages on the streets of Los Angeles and in far too many other places, they don't know. They cheer when innocent people sitting in their patrol car are murdered in cold blood, or attempted to be murdered in cold blood. And what should happen to this individual? Well, I guess that depends on who you ask. Ask the anarchists; they should be put on T-shirts like Che. Guevara. This guy should be put on T-shirts like Che Guevara. Ask the president of the United States; you'll get a different answer.
0: So Biden wants to appease domestic terrorists. And my plan is to arrest domestic terrorists. And we also believe that if you murder a police officer, you should receive the death penalty. And that's something that's very important.
1: That would be my answer as well. But not the death penalty, the kind that we are used to, that takes 20 years of appeals. But when they catch the guy that was on camera killing these two officers, the death penalty should be immediate. Um, Black Lives Matter is responsible. Antifa is responsible. And by the way, FYI, we are not talking about just black people here, of course. There are white people in the Black Lives Matter movement. Understand that. There are white people, probably a majority of them in Antifa are white people. So when we say Black Lives Matter is responsible, it is not saying that the black race is responsible. No, the organization called Black Lives Matter, which does indeed contain or is comprised of multiple races as well as Antifa, they are responsible. The Black Lives Matter movement, Antifa movement, and governors and mayors who placate them and who allow them, to run roughshod over their cities without arresting them, without uh, throwing massive charges at them in huge bail amounts so they can't get back out, which can deter others from going out the next night and committing these acts of savagery. They all bear responsibility for this. Former New York City Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick.
0: All of them, all of them, the mayor, the governor, the city council, Every one of them are responsible for allowing this stuff to happen. Blocking vehicular traffic, pedestrian traffic is a crime. Resisting arrest is a crime. Obstructing justice is a crime. Assault on cops is a crime. Every single person on that bridge should have been arrested. Period. We arrested 700 people on the Brooklyn Bridge one time. 700!
1: But they're not doing that anymore. Because... The protests are righteous because the protesters are righteous. They're simply arguing and fighting to overturn and upend 400 years of oppression. Never mind the fact that said oppression does not exist in the United States. The United States being the least racist and oppressive nation on the face of this planet So much so that brown and black people are dying or at least putting their lives at risk to reach this extraordinary land. Why would a nation that oppresses black and brown people be the target destination for so many black and brown people around the world? Why would they want to come to a place like this? We know the answer to that question because the United States is not a racist nation. The United States is not an oppressive nation. The United States is a nation that provides equality and opportunity for all, except, of course, today, police officers. Police officers are not afforded opportunity. Opportunity to live, opportunity to do their jobs, opportunity to to protect and serve without being assaulted and potentially murdered in cold blood. My friends, this is beyond disgusting. This is, there is nothing, I don't think anyway, there is nothing that I have seen that has reached this level of anarchy and insurrection. It, at least in my lifetime, in five dec- decades on this earth. And I am a student of history, and I got to tell you, I have never seen anything this long and this sustained. Did we have riots in the, in the '60s and the Watts riots? Yes, we've had Cleveland riots, yes. We had the Rodney King riots in, the, in 1991? Yes, we have all we have a lot of history, don't get me wrong, but this sustained assault, riots on a nightly basis, being conducted not just by outraged citizens, but being funded think about this think about how many thousands are participating in the riots every night in various cities across this country collectively none of them have jobs or else they wouldn't be out until three o'clock in the morning actually rioting none of them have jobs and yet somehow they subsist somehow they get their hands on fireworks somehow they get their hands on all of these weapons that they're using to assault and and harm police officers and 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 lawful business owners. That means they're being funded somehow. And that's what makes this different. The fact that this has been sustained now for over 100 days, the fact that these people continue to get their hands on weaponry and they have no jobs, they're being funded, they're being cared for, they're being paid for by somebody. And that makes this. The most dangerous type of anarchy we have seen on our streets, like I said, at least in my lifetime. There's a lot of ground to plow here, and I want you to be a part of it. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Right back on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. am 1420 the answer okay 926 on am 1420 the answer it's it's impossible really to say what i'm about to say because the answer should be obvious you know i mean i should say that the worst Uh, of the two incidents involved here is the shooting of the officers of the deputies in LA. Um, But I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to ask the question anyway, which is worse that somebody shot two deputies or that dozens stood outside the hospital, blocking the entrance to the emergency room, blocking emergency vehicles and chanting for the death of those cops, right? It should be no comparison between the actual murderer and those who are cheering for the murder. But I think maybe, just maybe, the depravity of one may actually outweigh the horrific, murderous criminality of the other. I mean, how depraved do you have to be? to stand out there and cheer for the death of two people, a 31-year-old mother of a 6-year-old woman and a 24-year-old male officer. I, I mean, it's hard to comprehend that. What's equally hard to comprehend is that the National Football League returned to play yesterday, the National Football League's first game of the season. I did not watch the Browns game. I did not watch... Any games? I did not look for highlights. I did not look for scores. I did not look for statistics. I went out to lunch with my uh, my wife and my father-in-law yesterday. And there were games on uh, on the big screen at Applebee's where we ate. And I was thankfully in a chair that was pointed away from it. Previous years, I would have asked to switch chairs with somebody so I could have the screen on (laughs) and be able to watch the games. Uh, In this case, I didn't even look over my shoulder once. I have no interest whatsoever, and the reason why is this, as I posted on Facebook yesterday. Two Los Angeles deputies were shot at point-blank range in an ambush. The officers, a 31-year-old female and a 24-year-old male, were in surgery at an L.A. hospital. Outside that hospital where the officers were fighting for their lives, several BLM supporters gathered, and together they chanted, Death to Cops. And we want them to die. That's right. They were rooting for the officers to die. Today, I wrote yesterday on Facebook, your Cleveland Browns and the rest of your beloved NFL will be partnering with Black Lives Matter as the season opens. They will be featuring BLM slogans on the field and on the scoreboard and on the players uniforms. They will be saluting a Marxist organization that is openly fomenting racism across this country while pretending to decry it, an organization that chants death to America in city streets and death to cops outside hospitals. I hope you think about that before you turn on the game, I wrote. I don't care how much you have supported your beloved Browns through the years. This isn't about football anymore. Think about those cops today. Think about BLM's hatred. And then you can either turn on that game, or you can join us and walk away. It's a walk-away campaign from professional sports that I'm trying to start. Candace Owens started the walk-away from the Democrat Party campaign, or at least she started the Blexit version of it, black exit from the Democrat Party. But hashtag walk-away has been used on social media to teach and uh, and help educate minorities that the time has come to walk away from the Democrat Party you have long supported. I'm starting the walk away campaign from professional sports. I had a friend on one of these online Facebook threads. He's a Facebook friend. I've never met him. He's a good guy. He's a strong conservative. I think he's an attorney. And he made a comment about all of this. And I said, please tell me you're not watching. And he said, Nope, I am. I met some friends at a sports bar and we're watching. And I said, then you are part of the problem. And he said, responded, hey, I'm a sportsaholic. What can I say? I gave up the NBA. Does that count for anything? And the answer to that is no. It doesn't the national football league, the national basketball association and to a lesser extent major league baseball have thrown in. They have decided they are on the side of the Marxist Black Lives Matter organization. They will play Black Lives Matter anthems, they will play Black Lives or uh, uh, put up Black Lives Matter slogans. They are all in for an organization that wants to create and foster racism, anti-white racism across this country and to destroy our capitalist system. And if you are watching the games, You don't get to just write that off because, quote, I'm a sportsaholic. I like sports a lot. You have become part of the problem. I'm asking everyone to become part of the solution. We'll be right back. All right, 937, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Thank you for being with us. I want to share this part of the story with you before I go to any other calls, or go to any calls, rather, and we'll talk to Jim Jordan next segment, too. But as I mentioned, uh, the NFL started yesterday, and in the NFL's embracing of the Black Lives Matter Incorporated movement... The NFL released, prior to the games yesterday, a list of names and phrases that can be worn on the helmets of players this season. And you need to know this. Phrases like Black Lives Matter, which again is an ode to an organization that is intent upon destroying this country, the constitutional republic we are, the capitalist system we use. Black Lives Matter is allowed. End racism is allowed, which in and of itself is innocuous; it's it's pretty harmless. Uh, but we know what it means. It's 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 about BLM, and it's aimed at, at at white people. Ending racism is aimed only at white people. Understand that they don't mean for BLM to end racism. They don't mean that when Black Lives Matter corporate trainers are welcomed into corporate meetings and white people are forced to sit through um, training sessions that will help them understand and uh, uh, hopefully, in in the mind of the trainers, uh, shame them into giving up their quote-unquote white privilege, uh, teaching them that all white people are racists, and you cannot control it, you cannot help it, you are a racist if you're white. See, that's racism, and that's not being promoted by end-racism. But the other thing they did is they put lo- uh, the names of people up there that are allowed to be honored by NFL players on their helmets during these games. One of them is Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake, the individual who was shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin, after 911 was called, after he allegedly went into uh, the apartment of his ex girlfriend and raped her. Uh, just that simple. He is an alleged rapist. He is on trial facing felony charges. He had his first hearing uh, just last week, and his name is allowed to be on the helmets of football players. This is what the National uh, National Football League has, has decided. Black Lives Matter also says that NFL players can host the names of people like Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin was perhaps the very first, in fact, was the first name to be associated with Black Lives Matter. The movement was kind of born after uh, he attempted to essentially beat George Zimmerman to death in that dispute. You recall what happened. Uh, every single thing that could be done by the law was done to try to convict George Zimmerman of murder of Trayvon Martin, whom he shot from his back while Martin was on top of him pummeling him back in 2012. The Department of Justice under Eric Holder sent investigators to uh, the, uh, to uh, Florida for that, if you recall, trying to find a way to press federal charges against uh, uh, George Zimmerman. And no matter what they tried, they had multiple investigations by local authorities, state authorities, and, yes, federal authorities, and every one of them came back the same way. It was justifiable self-defense. Via forensics and self-defense laws, George Zimmerman, Zimmerman was acquitted. Trayvon Martin, who was the one who was assaulting him at the moment, uh, became the martyr and the cause celebre, if you will, of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. So his name is allowed to be on there. A name you're not familiar with, perhaps, but you should be, is allowed to be on helmets as well. The name of Alteria Woods. Do you know who Alteria Woods is? You remember that name? Probably not. Uh, Three years ago in 2017, she's 21 years old. She was a pregnant woman at the time, 21 years old and pregnant, and shot by police officers in Florida. And Alteria Woods' name can be on helmets because of that. And you're thinking, well, yeah, that sounds terrible. What the NFL doesn't want you to know is that when she was shot by police, it was because her boyfriend, 23-year-old Andrew Coffey IV, used her as a human shield after opening fire on police during a SWAT raid. Let me say that again. He fired at police and then used his 21-year-old pregnant girlfriend as a shield to hide behind when the police returned fire. So apparently that makes her a victim of police brutality, an unarmed black person being shot and killed by police. So she can be on the helmets. It's a terrible situation all the way around. Uh, Michael Brown. The strong-armed robber, who terrorized a store clerk in robbing it, then attacked a police officer, and was fatally shot for trying to do so by Darren Wilson. Also, also the same situation where local, state, and federal authorities dispatched by the DOJ to conduct an investigation to make sure that everybody knew that Michael Brown did have his hands up yelling, don't shoot, that he did surrender but was shot in cold blood in broad daylight in Ferguson, Missouri. And all of those investigations found the truth. Darren Wilson did nothing wrong. Michael Brown was it at fault for the entirety of the event. But his name still gets to be martyred on a helmet by the National Football League. Another name NFL players can wear on their helmets, the name of convicted murderer Kenneth Clark Sr. But because he's the father of Green Bay Packard player Kenny Clark, and he swears he's innocent, well, the NFL can honor him by putting Kenneth Clark Sr.'s name. Kenny says he's innocent from prison, so that means he's just another uh, uh, black victim of the criminal justice system. So, yeah, we got to definitely make sure we honor Kenneth Clark Sr., who remains a convicted murderer. I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Ms. Isle Rosales, who was murdered by Kenneth Clark Sr. in 2005, wouldn't be too thrilled to see the name Kenneth Clark Sr. on the on the uh, back of a football helmet. Then there's the name of uh, Janisha Fonville, who attacked police with a knife when they responded to a domestic call at her home. She lunged at an officer with the knife and was shot in self-defense by the officer. The officer justified. By uh, investigations and a court ruling, but her name as the attempted killer of a cop with a knife goes into the record books as just another black person shot by police. Her name can be on the helmet. Do you see where I'm going with this? I could go on and on, but I'm not going to. The point is the National Football League has made their decision. When it comes to rule of law, when it comes to law and order, they rule, uh, or excuse me, they side with the criminal element. They side with people who have committed crimes, people who were killed after attacking officers. They have decided to side with the racist terror organizations, Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Yesterday before every game, and in particular the Browns-Ravens game, Baltimore Ravens players knelt during the National Anthem but rose to their feet for the playing of the black national anthem in other words in the nfl's mind we have two americas now there's a white america and there's a black america and each each country has their own anthem and that's how they're being recognized and the nfl is fine with that are you Walk away, my friends. Walk away from the National Football League. Walk away from professional sports. Walk away from this new woke version of the games that we used to enjoy. Congressman Jim Jordan joins us next. AM 1420, The Answer. My
0: cell phone down below.
1: All right, 949 now, let's uh, jump right in. Congressman Jim Jordan joining us on uh, this Monday edition of The Authority, as he does each and every Monday. Congressman, good morning, sir. How are you?
2: I'm fine, Bob. How are you doing?
1: Uh, my blood's boiling, Congressman, uh, and I'm sure yours <laughs> yeah. is too. And, and I think <laughs> yeah. I, I think the blood of any decent human being, I don't care what your political stripes are, uh, should be boiling right now after what happened in Los Angeles. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know oh, which is worse. Yeah. The shooting of two uh, deputies, uh, or uh, yeah, sheriff's deputies, who were just sitting in their car doing nothing to anyone in cold blood by that killer, or the fact that uh, protesters, Black Lives Matter organizers, uh, decided to block the entrance to the emergency room and then to chant while they were in surgery outside. We hope they die. Death to cops. I mean, this is we've crossed the Rubicon. I think I've been using that phrase this morning, Congressman Jordan. How do you describe it?
2: no it's it's absolutely disgusting what uh and 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 wrong and evil what what took place both the the what the shooter did in attacking these these law enforcement personnel and then uh and then the statements that were made at the hospital and the blocking of i mean it just it, it's unconscionable um and of course we're thinking about the families and these these individuals and uh, understand that they're critical condition let's hope that that everything works out for them but no this is what happens though when you don't hold people accountable when there's a lack of leadership at the, at, in, in these jurisdictions, and you, know, you don't prosecute, like the district attorney in Portland, you don't prosecute anyone. What, what, you know, I would say uh, uh, bad guys aren't stupid, they're just bad. They know there's not going to be consequences for this, these, these crazy things that they're doing. So that's what happens, and of course, to make matters worse, what does the Democrats' nominee for president of the United States, what does he say? He wants to get rid of people's guns so that, that innocent people can't, can't defend themselves. Uh, This is, this is how crazy today's left is, how mixed up they are.
1: I was going to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, think about that. Uh, you know, I don't want to politicize this, but it, 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 politics do matter here. The the, the, the presidential uh, nominee from the Democrat Party's response to this, yes, he did say that this is uh, atrocious, this cannot be allowed, blah, blah, blah. They should face the full brunt of the law, or the shooter should face the full brunt of the law. But rather than condemning, as you did and I did, that which led up to this, and this is the constant appeasement of the terrorist organizations running roughshod over major American cities, Black Lives Matter Inc. and Antifa, rather than condemning that which is leading to this assaulting and this targeting of cops, he tweets out, it's time for more gun control. We need uh, yeah. these weapons yeah. of war, he calls them, with high-capacity magazines need to be taken away. So in other words, cops who are fleeing the profession uh, aren't going to be available to help people defend themselves. Weapons aren't going to be allowed to, uh, for the people to defend themselves in a Joe Biden presidency. Then what are the people supposed to do, Congressman? Mm-hmm.
2: No, I, I know that. That's what's so scary. That is what is so, so frightening. Go back to when Bill Barr testified in front of the Judiciary Committee. He asked the Democrats point-blank, Jerry Nadler Democrats point-blank, why won't you denounce the mob? Why won't you condemn the violence? Silence from the Democrats. Not only silence, though, they go a step further. They won't, they, won't, they won't speak out against the defund the police. So they won't condemn the violence. They support defund the police. And now they want to take your firearms away from you. And if you do defend yourself, they're going to prosecute you. Just look at the McCloskeys in St. Louis so th- th- that is th- that is the sequence of things that happen when the left has their way and that is that, that is front and center in this election. we know it, but it is frightening to think where they actually want to take things and we're seeing we, we're, we're seeing it in Portland. we saw it in St. Louis. We're seeing it now, unfortunately this terrible tragedy that, that took place in LA.
1: Two years ago, Congressman, uh, a former liberal named Brandon Straka, I believe, is the one who coined the term walk away, started the walk away from the Democrat Party campaign. It's been picked up by a lot mm-hmm. of other people. Uh, I- I'm trying to adopt that for the walk away from professional sports campaign. Uh, Because of what you just described and what we're talking about, the NFL yesterday started their season and actually started it Sunday night with division. Uh, They are allowing the names of criminals who attack police officers. They're allowing the names of criminals uh, who are accused and are on trial for rape to be put on the uh, helmets of the players. Uh, They are are allowing people to kneel for the national anthem and everyone stands while they play something that doesn't exist. I'm sorry. It's a Nice song, but we have one country, and our anthem and our country represents all people of all colors, and yet they are promoting the idea of a black national anthem. As if to say black people need their own country because they're not being treated fairly in this existing country. I'm walking away. I did not watch a second of football yesterday. I will not watch it until the woke NFL goes back to being the actual NFL.
2: Yeah, no, look, I did the same thing. I haven't watched uh, the NBA. I haven't watched uh, Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't watch football on, on its on its uh, first week, and I think a lot of Americans are doing that, as 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 you see in the ratings that come out that are are you know just just so much lower than traditional ratings for uh, for the professional sports. I, I'm, I look, I'm going to watch the U.S. Open golf tournament this week, this weekend. When it comes, but I, but I have not watched basketball, I've not watched baseball, and i not I didn't watch football on the on the opening weekend. Uh, it's one of the reasons I think so many people are cheering for college football, the, the Big Ten to play, and everything else. It's yeah, because they're they're so frustrated with professional sports, and you know Bob, I think we talked about this before. You, you used to most people, are, I assume, are kind of like you and I. went at ten o'clock at night. You flip on you used to flip on ESPN just because you wanted to do two things: you wanted to see who won the game, and you wanted to see the top ten plays of the day. Right? You didn't want to, you didn't want politics. You and I get politics all the time. That's so right. You would you would click on sports, and now you can't even go to sports. I think Prager had a Prager had a Dennis Prager had a column not too long ago, and he says the left. The left screws up everything they touch, and now the left is going to screw up sports as, and, and, and make it so that so many people are just, just don't want to see it and are, are so frustrated by it. So I think it's happening, and you're right, whether you call it a walk away or whatever, um, I didn't do it, and I, I know lots of family and friends that I talked to over this, uh, the, the last several weeks have, have done the same thing you and I are doing.
1: And I hope millions do that, and I hope they feel it in the pocketbook, which is the only place that matters to these people, because this is simply reprehensible. Congressman Jim Jordan is my guest. Let's pivot. I want to talk about this, and I want to get your reaction to this. Your uh, leader in in the House of Representatives in which you sit, uh, Nancy Pelosi, was asked by Wolf Blitzer... Uh, how much credit President Trump deserves for brokering peace deals between Israel and two Arab states, Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates? And this was her response.
2: Well, hopefully they won't. Hopefully they'll be beneficial to the region. We've been waiting for a very long time for the president's proposal for an Israeli-Palestinian uh, peace agreement uh, that honored the two-state solution. Uh, it was coming in two weeks. It was coming in two months. It was coming in six months. It still hasn't come. Uh, in, in any way that has brought peace, so uh, good for him for having a distraction on a day when the numbers of people who are affected and the numbers of people who are dying from this virus only
1: increases since we. So, uh, Congressman Jordan, um, <laughs> historic peace <laughs> agreements between Arab states and Israel are just a distraction from the COVID crisis in the in the speaker's. Yeah,
2: it. I mean that is just. Uh, that is just a dumb comment. It makes no sense. I mean, these these are, as you said, historic. It's been decades since there's been any type of peace agreement with Israel and some other Middle Eastern state. I mean, the, these, are, these are huge. Um, you know, there's the, the president has been rightly nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, this is <laughs> – you, you don't even know where to start with some comment that that's, that is that – ridiculous, to call this a distraction when we all know this is historic, this is unbelievable, this is something that has not happened in years and years and years. Um, Look, this president, though, he never gets credit for all the things he's done, and this list, I, I... you know, taxes cut, regulations reduced. The economy prior to COVID was growing like crazy. The Great American Comeback is happening, happening as we speak. Prior to COVID, unemployment was at its lowest levels in 50 years for any demographic across our population. Out of the Iran deal, embassy in Jerusalem, hostage from North Korea, new NAFTA agreement, uh, building the wall, rebuilding our economy. As I said, and then these historic agreements in the Middle East. Just to, and there's a whole bunch of other things I can't remember at the time, uh, or right now. But think about all those things, and she calls that, that kind of stuff. Distraction. This is because they sure. are totally political, they are totally beholden to the left, and they, they won't they won't even recognize the amazing things that this president has done in spite of relentless opposition from them and the mainstream press.
1: Well since you brought up relentless opposition, let me play off of that for our final question because we're a little short on time here. But I want to get your response to this um, the opposition of President Trump started, of course, we, before he became President Trump, they started spying on his campaign before the election. They ramped it up and started the bogus Mueller uh, Russia investigation, of course, right after he took office. Um. Now that that's over, there is a thirst for the real motivation behind it, and part of that would involve investigating the Mueller team members, and we Mm -hmm. found out last Mm -hmm. week that the entirety of the Mueller team essentially wiped their phones clean. So that no investigators, no federal investigators, can look at who was coordinating with whom over yeah. what and what was said. Just, just coincidentally, all of them wiped their yeah. phones clean in the same way that Hillary Clinton bleach bit her server. How can yeah, they can make- get away with this? Yeah,
2: it's like Shazam. They all did that. it. All was an accident at the same time. You know, forty million dollars, nineteen lawyers, forty agents, five hundred witnesses, twenty some hundred or two thousand some hundred uh, subpoenas. And they come up with nothing, absolutely nothing, but they get a FOIA request for just the phones of these key 19 lawyers, these key people, and shazam, there's nothing there. They've been all wiped clean. So, yeah, we we, we did a uh, social media post on this yesterday. Maybe it is time to look into these folks. You know, people, the Americans are getting tired of all these investigations, but frankly, the, the, the folks who were, you know, time to investigate the investigators, we've, we've heard that line before too, but... You got these, this Andrew Wiseman and that that whole team, their phones completely wiped clean? Come on. And we already know the backdrop, of course, is we already know what they did to the president's campaign. And more importantly, or just as importantly, we know what they did to Michael Flynn after they couldn't stop uh, uh, President Trump from winning the election. After he wins, we know what they did to Flynn. Forty-nine separate times, 38 different people unmasked his name because they were out to get Flynn. So that's the backdrop. And now they oh shazam they, they 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 wipe their phones clean of course this needs to be looked into um, but of course the mainstream press isn't going to talk about it, it takes takes good people like you to bring it up and, and and make sure the American people understand what's going on
1: just for the record Congressman we're not on TV so I don't have to take your word at this but were you were you able to uh, uh, participate in this interview without a teleprompter
2: I I was. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, the Democratic
1: do, nominee for president simply can't get through one, even no, with a with a TV talk show host like Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah,
2: you know what? Though, whenever I do your show, Bob, I can't sit down because I some, you always get me fired up. I'm always up pacing with my cell <laughs> phone here, which is like there's always like if I'm at home, I, I walk out in the, the Polly's art room and I, I pace around. She got a little art studio there in, the, in one of our rooms at the house. Or if I'm here in the office, I'm just I'm in DC in the office now, so I just pace around the office. I always have to be moving when I'm talking to Bob France because I'm always fired up about something you bring up. So, well, keep it up, well, then, brother. Keep it up.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad that you have that kind of reaction, and I'm glad we have this kind of li- literally sincere and honest and open interaction. I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, uh, Joe Biden can't get through one without a script on a prompter, literally, even during a short TV <laughs> interview with a with a TV comedian. Congressman, thank you yeah. for your work, sir, and we'll talk to you soon. You bet. All right, it's 10:01 now. We'll take our final or take our news break here rather uh and uh come back with your phone calls on AM 1420 the answer.